Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and there's two hours to go before United take on Sunderland at Old Trafford. I'm in Sam Platts, which is one of the closest pubs to Old Trafford. I can remember this pub opening in the early 90s. And when I was growing up in Ermston, this was the place where you'd bring a date to because it was just outside of Ermston. As soon as I started driving, you'd drive to Sam Platts and then you'd You'd have a little date here, or you might take your, your date to the cinema over the water in Salford Keys. Um, and it's changed a bit now. It's become a very popular pub before United Games. It's absolutely packed now. You can hear people singing behind me. United fans come from far and wide in here. And I'm with Webby, who's a United fan I've known for a long time. He used to work for security at the club in the days of when Ned Kelly was in charge and now he runs one of the doors in Sam Platts. Tell us how a typical match day goes here at, at Platts. What time do people start arriving in the pub? To be honest, Andy, it opens about half ten for the three o'clock. People start arriving at 25 past ten. You know, you're getting people, as you said, from far and wide. You get your regulars. Uh, and it's, as you can see, it's manic out there. The Liverpool game the other week was unbelievable. Record taking, sold out of beer before the game, and obviously after the game with a victory, it was just as busy. The manager had to go out and buy another 60 cakes of beer, and they all went with left at 8 o'clock, and we had a can of Diet Coke left. So everyone was happy, the manager was happy, we were happy, his fans and the punters were happy. So you've built a tent outside to cater for more people, because although it's a beautiful sunny day in Manchester today, it isn't always beautiful and sunny in Manchester. That was, you know, you're so busy, you need shelter, people get a bit of warmth outside, expanding your capacity. Because if I come here midweek, it's, it's dead. I'm not even sure if it's open anymore. It's all, it, to be honest, Andy, it only opens on uh, match days and functions. It doesn't open anymore because you've got your, your, your media sitter. So it, then it doesn't open anymore. But so media city's killed it? Yeah, it killed it before. It's like, you know yourself... Like if you worked in an office, four girls would come out at dinner time for the bottle of wine. That game's gone now. You can't do it. And it was busy in the time, as you know, for food. But now we only open match days and when there's functions. So it survives off the match day trade. Yeah, it survives off the match and functions as well. Have weddings here and birthdays and christenings, etc. And soul nights. So it is quite busy as well in the football. My stepsister got married here in 1997. Upstairs, it was quite. It was actually quite a glamorous place when it first opened. Yeah, to be honest, Andy, there's talk of like the tram coming across here. That's been not bad, but I think if anybody in the right mind has got a load of money, that they could make offers and put an hotel up here or something like that, like obviously the hotel football. There's been a lot of changes around the pubs around Old Trafford. I mean, not immediately, but within one mile of Old Trafford, there probably used to be 50 pubs. Now, I'm going back a long time to the days when Salford Docks were open and the Dockers used to be yeah. there. Tony Wilson said his dad used to drink in them pubs yeah. and I think Cliff Butler, yeah. the historian at United, yeah, Cliff, yeah, no. he, um, I think his dad works on the, the Docks as well. And it's changed an awful lot. A lot of pubs have closed. I heard recently that the servicemen's are shut down in, in Stratford. So... It's quite sad, but then United is also supporting. This place wouldn't be open if it wasn't for Manchester United. No, this would be shut as well as you can see now. And if you look outside, it's busy. And what time are we on now? Just at one o'clock, yeah. with two hours to kick off. It's a very popular place. Some people don't like it. Some people love it. Some people, this is their match day life. Coming into Sam Platt, going into the ground, come back. That's what they want to do. People slag it off, but people in here we never get any trouble. We get the odd idiot, but you're going to get them anywhere. But 
it's a great place and uh, long may it continue do you get any away fans coming in no away fans allowed no. we do try and get them to come in we do try and get them to come in Andy but obviously they turn up with the shirts and uh, we turn them away and we send them over to Media City let them deal with it and is it true that you've banned half and half scarves yes uh, we try and tell the people about half and half scarves it's mainly like uh, no disrespect to the foreign visitors when they go to the hotel get the tickets they get this scarf but and uh, Who's going to wear half a Liverpool scarf and half a City scarf? I just wouldn't do it, mate. And we ask him to take it off. It's like today's game, we'll let him wear half an half scarf because it's not going to cause much trouble. But if you're a United fan and you see a Liverpool scarf, and it could be half an half, you could think it's a Liverpool fan. So, uh, um, where the people come from in this pub? Do you have regulars from certain branches? Do you have Reds coming over from Ireland? This, I've heard a variety of accents here from yeah, among get, the Manchester United fans. We've got the kids over in the corner. They come over every other match from Ireland. They're great kids. We have two coach companies who come in here every match from uh, up Cumbria. They're regulars every home game, whether it's the Carling Cup, FA Cup, Champions League. And we get our regulars. And like you're saying, this is part of their match day life. Sam Platts, ground. Sam Platts, town, curry, bed. And 99% of them are good people. But I enjoy it in there, I enjoy working here. You used to work at United back in the day? Yeah, yeah. In many security? Ago, yeah, many moves. How many years did you do that for? I did it from 93 to 2001. Minding the team? Yeah, some great times. Still in touch with like Paul Scholes now and Seaman. Paul. So, Paul's just walked past your front door. I did, I'll see with his head down. With his Paul and Gary Neville and yep. Giggsy and Nicky Butt at Salford. I've gone watch Salford quite a lot. Yeah. Pity the. Uh, You've got an FA Cup match today against Curzon and it's class, but I'll be there Tuesday night, we're on Tuesday night, so they try and work it at a class with United. And it's a good standard of football, Danny Webber plays for them. Yeah, I know, Danny. Uh, it's pretty mad, they're doing quite well, they played five away games, won all five, played five at home, lost three and drawn two, so... I spoke to Gary about Salford City this yeah. week, yeah. and he was absolutely baffled as to why their away form is so good yeah. and their home form is so poor. One thing he did say, which he was really encouraged by, was average crowds have gone up from 140 when they took over yeah. to 500 now. Yeah. What, what do you like about going to Salford? Season tickets, 50 quid. Yeah? So what, do you, you feel that they're, they're reaching into the community? and? Yeah, they're reaching into the community. Because it's a big United area. They, they can't ever compete with Manchester United. No, no. I don't think they're ever going to think of that, but... It's a good standard of football. To be honest, Andy, some of the matches I've seen at Salford this year have been better than what I've seen at Old Trafford. And for 50 quid, you can't knock it, Andy. And it's a good laugh. You can stand up. I'm stood and I'm chatting football against people who used to look after. I was my heroes. And it's dead surreal. I look at them as, as my mates at Salford, not as Gary Neville or Paul Scholes or Nicky Buck. Well, that's, that's how they'd like to be looked yeah. at. They don't they, they, they're stopping for pictures and having fun. But like saying, it's gone up. And if they get their own form right, that crowd will go up for over a thousand. Because you chase a little ground that more lane yeah. and it can be developed. Yeah. When you used to take United back in the day, you'd go on the European trips. Yeah, I went I went over to Eindhoven and I was sat there in my house on the Monday afternoon, I was off work a couple of days. I put Sky Sports News on and said to myself, I'm going to wind over there, no trip, no ticket. I jumped on a coach at 10 o'clock from the city centre and uh, a friend of mine who used to play for United got me one of the players' tickets. Obviously the result wasn't what we were looking for, but I had, I had, a, I had a good time. 
he jumped on a coach from the city centre. City centre, yeah. I don't know of any direct coaches from Manchester to Eindhoven. Was it, it? it was a coach run by a lad called Scott, full of characters. Yeah. Uh, we had a good drink, we had a good laugh. But obviously, coming back at one o'clock in the morning from Eindhoven, uh, getting back Wednesday afternoon after the defeat, it was just looking at the coach with a look the coach and uh, it softened the blow of the day trip coming home so you left Eindhoven at 1am after the game game. direct back to Manchester so you didn't sleep anywhere from leaving Manchester apart from on the coast coast. I I couldn't do that anymore I could do as a kid I just couldn't do it I will never ever go on a coaching boat again while I was playing <laughs> in the sky. Because when I tried to get a flight, it was quarterly staff money, and I seen this tweet off this lad, 120 quid. I thought, I'll have some of that, but never again. It's planes, or I won't bother going. When I started going to away games in Europe, I used to think planes were for posh people. And the budget airlines, I saw yesterday an advert that EasyJet's 20 years old. And before that, you know, at times you'd either go like, try and get student travel tickets, yeah, do it the cheap way yeah, that way. But I remember flying to, um, no, getting the train to Onved in 93, and my mates turned up and they'd got a coach to Onved. Yeah. And they looked like they, they were half dead. Yeah, that's, that's what I felt like when I got off at Piccadilly Gardens on a Wednesday. I was looking for some decent food after spending two days on KFC. Uh, but it's a thing you do for United, do you know what I mean? Just by sitting there deciding... 24 hours before the match without a ticket to travel to get over to Wallet and watch the boys. Finally, how do you think United will do this season? And what do you think of Louis Van Hall? He's upset a lot. A lot of my friends are against him. Now, he upsets people, but isn't that what managers are supposed to do? You can't have an easy ride. You know what I mean? You've got to think of the dress with what's under the wise. You know, so Van Gaal for me, it's onwards and upwards. Someone said to me, Webber, after six games, you'll be two points behind City. <laughs> I bet the hands off. Uh, to be honest, man, if we get all I want this year is the Champions League again. Because the Champions League is like Tom without Jerry, without United being in it. Manchester United are Champions League, so if we do that and maybe win a pot, I'll be happy. I can't see us winning the league, but you never know. Yeah, I'm Pierre Lawson, and I'm the secretary of the Supporters Club in Scandinavia. And we're over here for the Sunderland game with uh, 460 members of our, of our branch. 460 have come to Manchester for this game? Yes. You've yeah. come from Bergen, where have the others come from? Well, they come from all, all, all over Scandinavia, but mostly Norway then. Especially Oslo, the, the eastern part of Norway. I've seen you at Manchester United games since I think my first trip to Norway in 1991. How many games have you been to? How, oh. of, how often do you come over from Norway each oh. season? Yeah, Myself comes over... Uh, six, seven times a season for home games so yeah. uh, during all those years it's been uh, some hundreds of course yeah Yeah. and how many you, you didn't come on a charter from Bergen you, you flew on the SAS schedule to Manchester yeah that's correct Yeah. How, how has it changed coming from Norway from when you first started coming uh, well the big change, change is that uh, when we started going we only came maybe once or twice a season and we uh, and we came for uh, let's say Easter and holidays and watched two, three games came from the Christmas holidays, watched two, three games. Now no, we are bringing people over for each home game on a Friday, Monday basis. So the interest is, is going here and the, the economy and the fair finances, of course, has done it much more easy for Norwegians to, to, to travel over. So how would a typical trip go? For a Scandinavian United supporter, fly on a Friday. Fly on a Friday, yeah. And then we have a we have had a good relationship with United there with a arrangement at Red Cafe on the Friday evening, a kickoff. 
where we bring them uh, all together and uh, have a tour at the stadium and act player in and uh, tell them a bit about the history of United. And then the match day, of course, it's uh, yeah, going around Old Trafford, having a beer here or here or there, the match, and then we have uh, going back on a Sunday or some on a Monday, yeah. And is it just United fans? Because I was in Iceland in May speaking to the Reds who run the Icelandic Supporters Club and they were saying sometimes they bring their wives because it's so much cheaper in Manchester and the shopping is different and there's more variety. Oh, in general, we, it's 99% United fans. Yeah, it could be, a, let's say, it's a family where the father is, unfortunately, a lead supporter or something like that from, uh, from old days. But in general, it's just, just United. Yeah. And I spoke to one of your colleagues, Lars Morton, yesterday, who's in Manchester for, for the game. And he's been travelling to games since 1977, if I'm not mistaken. And he was slightly concerned because there were some Liverpool fans on, on his flight. United are the most popular team in North. Norway, Liverpool are second, and then it's a big, big drop-off to the other big British teams. I mean, like is, City, yeah. Arsenal, Chelsea, yeah. They, yeah. they have a fraction of Manchester United support. Yeah. Yeah. The Scandinavian branch has over 40,000 paid-up members, but yeah. there are a lot of Liverpool fans. There out. are a lot of Liverpool fans. It, uh, it's, of course, the history from the 70s and 80s, when they won uh, the same as we have done in the 90s and 2000s. And uh, it looks like... Uh, some of their uh, the fathers there, which is grown up now, they get their kids to uh, to to support Liverpool for some reason. Yeah, maybe, maybe they don't get food if they don't support Liverpool at home or something like that. Yeah, they might not get food if they're living in Liverpool. Sorry, <laughs> that was that was below the belt. I'm only joking to my scouts, mates. What um, are there ever any problems between United and Liverpool fans, or is it a friendly rivalry? Uh, small, small problems, but no, 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 no big ones, no big ones. Finally, what do you think United will do this season? Well, they have to uh, be amongst the top three. And they have to go through in the Champions League and do a quarter final there. And you think they will? I think they will, yeah. Thank you for your time. Do you? Do I? Yes, I do. (laughs) I do. I think they'll be top three and uh, and get back in the Champions League. I just hope they do it by playing entertaining football. Yeah, which they don't. No, in a lot of the games they don't. Uh, Yeah. Been a bit better the last few games. After the game which United won 3-0, both managers spoke. Here's Dick Advocat. We cannot keep saying that every game uh, take the good things out of the game. Again, we were well well organised against a good side as as United. But we give the game away in two two minutes. And uh, Normally we give goals away in the beginning, now at the end, and in the beginning of the second half. And then against a team like United with 2-0 down, is it quite difficult to come back. But the first half of the way the team was organised was OK. We tried to hurt them a little bit on the break sometimes. But by the first goal, yeah, if you see what kind of mistake we make again, yeah, then you ask for problems. But before that, even United did not have a lot of chances, to my opinion. What was it about the first goal? Why were you so disappointed? Now, the first goal, that was not a chance. It was a, a long ball. Patrick van Arnold is, is watching his own man instead of close down. But also Lee, he, he played a, good, a very good game, by the way. That Lee got them all. But from that distance, he cannot let the ball go. So that was a mistake. And the second goal is just the same. Too easy, 
the third goal is saying, yeah, then you lose with 3 0. Again, losing and losing is, 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 I can accept sometimes to lose, but we made it very, very easy for them today. Second half. What was the um, reason for Adam Johnson not playing in the second half? No, I think, uh, to my opinion, every ball he touched was wrong. Johnson, uh, John Ryan took yeah, him out yeah, yeah. because I think every ball he touched was wrong. What I have seen. And then, plus the fact that uh, Borini, as a striker, had problems to keep the ball. That's the reason that I brought in uh, Fletcher because he's a phenomenal original. A striker, and I thought the same from Borini. I thought. How anxious was... are you getting for a result? Sorry? How anxious are you about the situation now? Yeah, well, I, I said that as well Friday. We can keep saying uh, we have still uh, a lot of games to go, but uh, I think we have to again think what we have to do, how we can improve. Do we have to, to change things in the squad? With players, that's what we have to think. But we have not so much opportunities. From one Dutch manager at the bottom of the league to another Dutch manager at the top of the league, here's Louis van Gaal, who was a happy figure after the game. He wasn't getting carried away. But the first question was to ask him if United can win the league this year. It is uh, difficult to, to answer. Uh, I think uh, to continue is, is very difficult in this league, but you can better stay on the top of the league table than uh, like uh, last year, when we had uh, 13 points after 10 or 11 matches. And then we have to chase, and we have chased, and at the end, we were forced, but also last year we had the feeling that we could win the league. And I have uh, explained that uh, on a gala for fans, and I have said that. So, this year it is uh, a big difference. But you, you can start better from the top than uh, from the bottom, I think. But it shall be very difficult. In May you can ask me the same question and then I can uh, answer it more, more pr precisely. Is it going better than you anticipated? What? Is it going better for you than you anticipated? No. No, I don't think so. No. It's not that I expect that we uh, had 60 points out of seven uh, games, uh, but uh, I know how we can play as a team, as a selection. And uh, we have uh, done not for nothing that we have selected through, because uh, that is also very important, that you always select through uh, between the seasons. Now, and now uh, you have to continue and you shall uh, lose also. Next week we have Arsenal away. <laughs> I think it is uh, one of the most difficult uh, teams to beat. 
in the Premier League, but we won also last year there. So it is possible. And I think that Manchester United can win against every team. But you need also luck. And today the luck was in, in the last minute of the first half. Of course it is a wonderful goal, but it is in the last minute. And it was more or less a punishment uh, because of uh, that they waste so many time in, in the first half, uh, Sunderland. Martial didn't score today, but how pleased were you with his overall play? Yeah, I have already said uh, in a lot of press conferences that, that it doesn't make any difference who scores for me and for the team. We have to beat the opponent and you have to make one call more than the other, than your oppo opponent. No. And who is making the goal is not so interesting. Of course, personally, for Marcel or for Rooney or for the Pie, it's very important that I can uh, imagine. And I'm happy. I'm a happy coach because the Pie and also Rooney have scored also in the Premier League now. So that's fantastic for the confidence. But uh, I think that uh, Marcel has played like an. Uh, attacking point, what I have always said in press conferences, what, want, uh, what I want of a striker is also that he is an attacking point and that he is running in behind and that he is also uh, preparing uh, goals and that he also running the first post. And these are uh, 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 now not all the aspects of a striker. But uh, he has done that uh, today, so I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with his uh, performance, but still uh, uh, he can better, he can be better, and also uh, other players can be better, and that's why I, uh, I uh, don't want to say too much about uh, individual per uh, performances, because uh, uh, as a manager, you have always something that you can improve. And when I say what, what a player can improve, then it is in the press and then you don't know what is happening uh, with all your remarks. So you cannot do that. And that is uh, uh, our problem as a manager. Are you pleased that uh, we won't be able to ask you when Rudy when is going to score in the Premier League anymore? No, I, I was not pleased because... Uh, uh, you know, as a journalist also, that he shall score. What I have said uh, Friday uh, to you is the same words what I say now. So, and, and I don't think that you uh, do not expect from Rain that he shall score. And, and uh, he did it. But it could also be against Wolfsburg. But, but uh, for me, when we uh, beat Wolfsburg and... Uh, uh, the Gea scores the goal, I'm also <laughs> happy. <laughs> okay, thanks guys. It's an hour after the final whistle and Manchester United have just beaten Sunderland 3-0 to go top of the league for the first time after everyone's played the same number of games since winning the title in 2013. Much has changed since, but it feels brilliant. Now, 
lots of mitigating factors. United have not played particularly well so far this season. We're still top of the league. Everyone was buzzing when City got beat. And United have got three potentially difficult away, well, three difficult matches against Arsenal, Everton away, where we usually crap, and Manchester City at home. But it's good. I walked out of Old Trafford. The sun is shining. Coming to hotel football. Everyone's buzzing. And I've been joined by the lads who've been selling United We Stand. Uh, and Shaw, what have you made of today? I'm going to try and keep it a bit positive today. We've gone top of the league. Um, I thought the, I was a bit frustrated first half um, with the two defensive midfielders. Um, I mentioned after Newcastle that we're a bit static and they just sort of pass side to side and nobody moves forward with the ball. Um, but apart from that, um, I thought we did really well. I mean, it was. Um, I think Depay didn't have the best game, but um, you can see that his decision making needs to be worked on. But he's, you can tell that he's got all the attributes to be a top footballer. Um, Martial, again, I sat at the opposite end from the second goal, but I'm not sure how he got away from the tackle and passed in Rooney. Um, but, yeah, a lot to be positive about. There is gaps in the team and we have got a small squad, but we're top of the league and you know we'll go from there. Steve Armstrong, we spoke about Wayne Rooney after the Ipswich game. He scored his 171st United goal today in front of the Stretford end, drawing level with the original king of the Stretford end, Dennis Law. Yeah, I, I just loved it how uh, Anne said he was going to start by being positive and then went on to tell everyone how frustrated he was. Yeah. Hey, look. Just back to Anne, how disappointed were you the morning after winning the treble? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not trying to be negative. Um, we we played well when we got knocked out of the League Cup. <laughs> Cup. Oh, that, that was another positive as well from today. Um, Rooney, I thought he looked really sharp again. Um, not Obviously didn't do everything. That? I, he obviously scored, but... Didn't, I don't think he knew much about it. His pace, he looks, looks a lot quicker today for I me. Mean, yeah. He's um, is that one hundred and seventy one league goals, I presume. Yeah. Um, so um, oh look, Newcastle have just gone off. But they, um, yeah, hundred and seventy one league goals is just a phenomenal total. And you know, we say it time and time again. And I thought John did a really good piece in the last mag, on top of pieces that I've done and other people have done in the mag before. You know, United captain is going to be the club's all time leading goal scorer. I think he's. I actually thought he played really well today. I think he looked like... Um, I think captains is ca hindering him in terms of being able to play to his full ability in terms of being an out-and-out centre-forward. But, you know, you know, I thought his distribution of the ball was, was a lot better. His control's shocking. Um, I mean, he, can, he still traps it further than most people can kick it. But, um, you know, th that side of it. But I thought, you know, I think he runs the team well. I think he, you know, he's a big influence on a lot of players who are still new to the club um, and whether people like Rain Rooney or not this organisational history in any business in any football club is so so important and we lost a lot of that when Moyes let it go and we've lost a lot of that on the pitch in the last couple of years you know with the Vidiches the Giggses the Scholes, the Ferdinands and on and on and on Wayne Rooney and the Michael Carricks of this world are so, so, so important to making sure that if we want Manchester United to uphold its history and its traditions, then people have got to embrace having people like Wayne Rooney and, and Michael Carrick in the side and understand, because they get everything about Manchester United and, and for all their contribution as players is important. There's also, they're also there to help bring and educate the, these other people who've come in into the club. It's no secret to me that Martial's transitioning well, Schweinsteiger looks already right at home, you know, etc., etc. Et it's no secret to me that surrounded by people who kind of get the whole club and the ethos of the club, 
Um, it's no secret that those guys have transitioned well, and Wayne Rooney, as the captain of that football club, has got to take a lot of the credit for that. The second goal um, was the Depay. No, no. no, the first goal was Depay. <coughs> the second goal was Rooney, and the third goal was Mata. That was Depay's first league goal since joining from PSV. What have you made of him? Um, probably the John. same as everyone else. He, he's um, a little bit inconsistent at the minute. You know, he, he's 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 obviously capable of flashes of brilliance. You've seen that with, you know, he's already got four goals and three of them were already crackers. Um, a little bit frustrating in the fact that he seems to get the ball trapped under his feet a little bit too much. Takes a bit too long on the ball. Um, and I thought that probably Ashley Young was better in the ten minutes he came on today than than Depay was the whole game. Um, but. I said earlier on in a podcast earlier on this season that I just felt a little bit like he, he, we were a bit too over-reliant on Depay, whereas he's somebody who should be bedded into the team. We were kind of a little bit sort of reliant on on the ball, constantly going out to him and and, and making him sort of be the, the, the playmaker. I think that's changed a little bit now, especially Mata seems to keep getting better every week as well. Um, but yeah, you can you can see he's there. You can he's going to be frustrating. But you know, Ronaldo was frustrating when he first came. You know, the young players are. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I think the makings, especially with him and Martial together. And you say about Martial, he wears um, pink boots. I notice you're wearing pink shoes yourself, John. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's settling and he's done really well. I thought he didn't score today, but he looked very assured. He's strong for such a young Fanta- lad. He's, he's fantastic. Really. His hold-up play is fantastic. He's quick. He's, he's he's ice cold under under pressure. Yeah, he, he genuinely looks a top quality player. Brilliant. Um, Stu. Matter got the third. He'd assisted the the first goal. We've interviewed him for the next United We Stand. We went to Carrington yesterday and had a good chat with him. And he's as nice as he seems. He's, he's a bright lad and he's got some decent anecdotes in there. And I think he understands fan culture. I don't think that like Anderson even knew what a fan team was. But Matter he, he gets it. What have you made of him? And out of all the players in front of Blind and Smalling who've played every minute. He's played more minutes, I think, or he had done until he went off, uh, than any other player. He, he's obviously, you know, he's been asked to play somewhere where, if he was asked honestly, he probably wouldn't choose as his first choice position. So that that in itself speaks volumes. <clears throat> he, you know, he's very talented. We know he's the smallest player on the pitch. He's never going to, you know, knock someone off the ball. But even today, to be fair, he, he lost it, chased back, and, and you know, and, and towed it and got, got a bit of a tackling. But he's never, you know, he's never going to be. Your main midfielder to win a ball back, but that's you know he's never been in that role. He's been a number ten, and when we're playing him out on the right, there was a, there was a moment first half today, middle middle of the first half, and he was right on the touchline, and he had the opportunity to probably whip it in. But again, that's not in his his makeup. He's not he's not a natural winger, so he's been asked to play somewhere which is a bit foreign to him. He's probably he's probably getting a bit used to it game by what, game. What, Manchester because he's Spanish. <laughs> his goals and assist record, his goals and assist record though since he's come to United is phenomenal. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. He, again, he was involved in, in two of the goals he, against today. He, scored he was one. Chelsea's player of the year for two the two seasons before yeah. he came to United. Yeah. So, you know, he's a top player. He sneaks around the back, doesn't he? They've got the goal today, I believe. I didn't see it. I was outside the ground. <laughs> but he sneaks around the back and uh, slots one in. We are. Every now and then. We're in room 203, by the way. Um... <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the lads who scored the goals, but the two players who've played more than anyone else this season are the two centre halves, uh, Daly Blind and Chris Smalling. Blind <clears throat> again contributed to a goal with a long ball over the top. I don't know what your thoughts are on Blind or Smalling. I think Smalling is maturing into being a very, very good footballer. Yeah. And yeah, Smalling's... Well, you um, selling, man? Okay. No, no, no. Um, Smalling's a very good player. Um, I mean, Blind, every, I can't say I'm. 
He's, he's assuring me much. Um, obviously, every, everything in, every time somebody justifies his selection, it's something he's done going forward, and that's not really his job. I mean, he's struggled against Southampton. You're more think, worried about when you what you saw him against Swansea, for example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, tough. and um, a striker that he did well against Ben Seke because I, I didn't <coughs> think Ben Seke had the ability to run him behind. But you should have stopped him scoring that goal. <coughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who said on the podcast someone said he should have saved that that was at the time and he mustn't have done it justice in the yeah I saw that live and I actually thought the guy should have saved it but as soon as I got home I thought I can't believe I said that on the podcast because that that is a ridiculous goal I but. think we'd be knackered if Smorning got injured that's that's a bit that, that's you know I don't want to jinx things but I think God help us if we lose him for even four weeks do you know there was one moment I think in the second half though that I thought really summed him up and the way and his improvement was um, I don't know if you noticed it, that one, I think it was uh, Fletcher had, had took the ball and took it out wide and he stood him up stood him up and then took the ball off him in a corner um, he's, he's come on a treat this season he has been fantastic before we talk about the Sunderland fans with, with Steve um, John <laughs> you're wearing a, a, a fluorescent yellow top the same as David De Gea today what did you make of that? you look like a steward <laughs> I've not, seen, I've not seen that shirt before. Has he worn yeah, that before? No, no, it's new, is it, but it's, it's a brand new one? It's a marketing point. You wear it. I reckon somebody, somebody saw what their, their away kit was and, th- and someone's just legged it down to fucking JJB on the keys. Is, and that, is that green yeah. away kit? The worst like, thing you've like, ever like seen. It's like a George Campos one. Remember when he used to design his own kits for Mexico? And it was like one of them. Knowledge. Um, Sunderland. We're not going to all agree here. Sunderland are a great football club who've been English champions six times, the last time in 1936. Can we edit that? They, 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 they've got a very good support given the relatively small size of the city. And yet they come to Old Trafford and they're singing about Manchester City winning the league in 2012. That really pisses me off because I just think, you knobs, you've got to get behind your team. Your team are clearly struggling and you're singing songs about Sergio Aguero. Um, scoring at the stadium of whatever it's called this season. Steve. God, it's well, fucking hell. Uh, we'll all go on, yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pushing an open door, it. No, the posing and in twats. They, um, I think, too, that, just, if you just go back a bit, they, they, I'll tell you what really pisses me off, and it's about, it's about the North East in general. Like, you listen to anyone in the media and the papers, and you know, it's a very popular thing on match today. They talk about the North East being this hotbed of football. It's a fucking shambles of a place. No, it is. It is. You know, look at you, the players it's produced. Look at the Brian Giggs has won more than the North East combined. Yeah, but that doesn't make the North East not a hotbed of football. 90,000 people watch their two leading clubs and they never win anything. Yeah. It's a hotbed, but for the wrong reasons. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the point. There are only two clubs, though, aren't there? How many teams are there up there? They've got. They, they, there's about five professional well, football teams in it. In but what you get though is, is you get, you get, what you get is, you can see. You, you, I was at, I was up, I was up there the day City won the league, and we were up there. And honestly, their, their behaviour was. You ex, you expect a bit of chirp, right? But their behaviour went way beyond that. I actually think they enjoyed it more than City fans did. Right, and it was fucking moronic, and you know, I'm glad they got slapped to fuck outside by everybody. Right? I'm glad they got a good idea. And I'm glad it kicked off, and I'm glad that now they've got this reputation for enjoying the highlight of their history is somebody else winning a league title. That's kind of Shut all they get off now. Like, yeah. They've been at it all day today. I maintain that league cup game 
was one of the hardest sales that we've ever had when we had every knobhead yeah. on the planet coming down here yeah. and giving us all sorts. And okay, yeah. do you know what? You know, the, if if we didn't have sort of 100, 200 mags by our feet, the number of times I actually run up, I, I ended up running up and down the street two or three times with a mate looking after mags because there was people giving us grief. They just, you know, they're just small time. Um, you know, they get off on the fact that they're still dining out on this whole United thing. They were posing it in the ground today. It's just an absolute shower of morons. No well, obviously, we don't condone football violence. Are you sitting in the home end again this season at the stadium of Roker or wherever it's yeah. <laughs> I was in the home end when Aguero's goal went There'll be plenty of What room. was it like? Well, that was... Um, <clears throat> well, I had um, an Irish lad with me called David Snade who writes for United We Stand. And, um, you bring him up every podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he... Um, he, because of his like big mouth, everybody around us knew he was a United fan. United fan, so it wasn't it was wasn't big, good it was big mouth. David Snades, obviously. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Couldn't you see right down the tunnel though? See the trophy being. The yeah, yeah. You could see it. Yeah. You could see yeah. the, yeah. Red, the, red the, the replica red ribbons on the cup. Yeah, could see it. I was I was sat opposite the the. Um, it wasn't the, the players' tunnel. It was one of the tunnels that um, one of the other tunnels at the stadium. Like, I think they got about six. And um, I still haven't seen that goal, you know. Could see the the ribbons come on the cup as um, and then I looked at the scoreboard and saw that City had scored. So easily the worst moment nah. I think of my football supporting. You, know, you, you should you, you you never came here when Dave Sexton was the manager. The, um, no, I I just think that you're trying to play that, it down because City, are you? Yeah. <laughs> well, no. Do, do you know what the funny thing was though? We we went that day expecting nothing and came yeah, home well, nothing. So there was a net yeah. loss of not a lot to be honest. But I think back at the the fan thing. They've been at it all again today, um, giving it the big one. They were posing in on the ground. You know, you know, get a grip. You know, the, the, you know, the, the, there's, there's, there's other things. They've won twice things. as many there's, titles as Manchester City. They well, they have, celebrate yeah, their own yeah, achievements. Absolutely, well, and that's the other thing. You know, they, and I'm pretty sure does their capacity. It's pretty much on a par well, with what's well, on it, it City before they built the South out. Stand. Yeah, I know, but they built. Yeah, but didn't they build that with their own money? But the history that United have got, they spent most of the game singing about. Um, an unconvicted paedophile, didn't they? Yeah, City, yeah, yeah. which was, which was, uh, you know, it was a terrible song. That <laughs> uh, yeah. they, won't coming, be, they won't be here next season, anyway, will they? So, do you think they're going down, Shim? Oh, Absolutely. No. I, and Newcastle I, I, as well. I, I, we never see him again. Uh, possibly Newcastle, but definitely Sunderland. That's the worst team I've seen at Old Trafford for ages. Oh, Just kept booting the ball straight back to us. Embarrassing. You know, today, today yeah. for the first time in a while, I was saying before, it reminded me of. The Ferguson era, when teams like that would come to Old Trafford and they'd be swatted aside without the team even getting out of second gear. Games that we've made a proper struggle out of over the last couple of years. I'll tell you what, and I though, think I, it was I, encouraging. Yeah, I agree with that, but I, I, I shuddered at the thought of going in at nil nil because I actually thought if that goes in at nil nil, we said before the game because of obviously the good result that uh, Tottenham got. Yeah. We said before the game, watch United now go make a right mess of this. And at nil nil at half time, I thought we got that goal at half time was so important. You know that goal came in the 48th minute, if you worked it like 45 yeah. plus 3? Yeah. You know we've scored in the 48th or 49th minute, I think in six games this season. Keep scoring at the same time. In the first half? or just um, No, no, oh, usually right, just, just after. Yeah. But having played for, um, so against <laughs> Bruges, it's against it's Liverpool. It's a good sign though, isn't it? Swansea. It's a good sign. Swansea, yeah. You know, I, I want to see United start scoring late again. Um, United were renowned for Come on, we're top of the league. Yeah, no, I do. But I think, but but look, look, we've not been anywhere yet. Yep. You know, we've not played a side. You know, we've not played anybody who you would expect to be in the top eight. Like you said, you know, yeah, come November, like you said, Arsenal next week, City, Everton, Chelsea away. Yeah. Next game is coming to the end now. Wolfsburg. 
at Old Trafford. Um, John, you've been doing a statistical uh, look look at Wolfsburg's team. Who have we got to be watching out for? They, they only had one, didn't they? It's all in to Sitter. It's the town which makes uh, Volkswagen. Volkswagen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watch out for the, the exhaust on the team I couldn't, coach. I tell you, I, I've seen about 10 minutes of them ever. This and that was when Lewandowski scored five the other day. That was about the only 10 minutes of football. But I don't think I'd even What do you know about Wolfsburg? Not a lot. What about Mike, the Michael Owens scored an actually against him once? That's all I really remember. You know what that Wolfsburg game in December 2009? I'm sat there and I'm. I'm trying to write a match report and Rob Major, who designs United We Stand, some, somehow got a press pass and he came, he and, he, he came and sat next to me. And uh, I was professional, I hadn't been drinking and Rob had been drinking and started taking pictures of Wolfsburg's ground. And he said to me, this is the best indoor stadium I've ever seen. I said, well, it's not indoor. He said, look, well it is, look. I said, that's the sky. He said, no, it's indoor. And I thought, I'm absolutely certain <laughs> that that is the sky. You could actually see clouds moving across it. <laughs> they reckon this bolt Don't is... drink and watch football as if <laughs> the... te- telling uh, you lot would make a difference. Well, I'd never do that. Um, you, do you reckon this thing that's going on with Volkswagen it could technically bankrupt Wolfsburg as a, as a, as a place in, in the next couple of months? And it makes going there in December quite interesting for us and can see it being... I, I can't work out whether that'll make it cheap or dear. I can't work it out. Well, if they're giving cars away... I have done a bit of research um, into them and because Volkswagen have been doing so well they've increased their budget to the club and Wolfsburg's chief executive has said on the record that he wants to close the gap between Bayern Munich and the rest so they have been spending a lot of money they beat Bayern Munich 5-1 at the start of this year and they've um, they're not popular in Germany because they're a works team bankrolled by work money rather than uh, supporters' money, um, and then next game is Arsenal away. Looking We're going to do another to podcast from there. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, we'll do the usual stuff. From and then we've got Everton and City. We're now at the end of September. Where will Manchester United be? I'll ask you finally. At the end of October, where will they be in the league, having played Arsenal, Everton, and Manchester City? And sixteen. I, <laughs> I reckon third me. I think we'll, I think we'll get a result at Arsenal. Again. I think we'll get a result at Arsenal and Crystal Palace. Um, I think we'll draw at home to City. We're playing Palace in October. Yeah, know. yeah, end of October. Yeah, yeah. Um, away that is as well. What is Palace? Palace is away. Yeah. Oh, for God's sake! So I'm going to Arsenal away, Everton away, Palace away. <laughs> yeah. That's another liver liver wrecker in it. Um, Ferguson said last night that. that Thing that United's philosophy has always been that thing, yeah, that the um, speech, yeah, for his that's new book. yeah, his speech, for his in new the book. Yeah, role. yeah, was it yeah. good? It was good, yeah, it was, um, so it was full, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, he's yeah, not, he he's not, he's not written a book, that, he's, he's not done, he's, <laughs> he's not done many books before, so it was quite a rare never thing. For, why? <laughs> my, <laughs> the, uh, no, end of October, where will United be? Top bollocks, I'm telling you. We, you don't, Van Gaal seems it always seems to do better against the better teams who come out and have a go. It's games like today you worry about when you're putting ten men yeah. behind the ball. I, I think we always seem to perform better against sides that actually come and have a go. At Some us, point so. City are going to respond to this shocker of a run yeah. that they got on, yeah. um, and I do genuinely think though that at some point Chelsea are going to get their act together. But so I, I wouldn't be surprised if United are sort of top or near the top, but largely down to what others are doing as much as United are doing. I, I take being unbeaten in the next four or five weeks. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Everton always worries me for some reason. 
absolutely terrible there. <laughs> uh, joint second. Thanks for your time, lads. Steve will be doing the next podcast around the Wolfsburg game when he'll be interviewing the chief executive of Volkswagen <laughs> on Smart Busby Way before the game to talk exhausts in his and Volkswagen Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> Until then, goodbye. <laughs>